Crosspoint Community Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. You know, I, uh, it's interesting. Um, this year, more than ever before for me, I think because of where God has me, I am so excited that today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, I think my journey with intimacy with Jesus and the Spirit has been such that uh, I've been so looking forward to this Sunday. And uh, I want to invite... Um, Nicole and Ben to come on up here. This morning, we're going to do something a little different. And uh, this morning, we join God's family all over the globe living and God's family waiting for us to be reunited in heaven, celebrating and looking back and remembering when God, the Holy Spirit, was poured out on the disciples, the apostles, those waiting in in the room in Jerusalem uh, years ago. And uh, one of the things that we see in the history of the people of God is not only are there speeches and sermons, but there's also public conversations that are had among God's people And God's people watch and listen and they process together and they learn and they understand God's design and his desire for people. And so this morning, um, we thought, it being Pentecost Sunday, and since we've been in the book of Acts, we thought it would be really um, maybe um, a great opportunity to pause and bring a few people together and talk a little bit about... um, what the Spirit's doing, uh, how we're growing in our relationship with the Spirit of God, and kind of how we're learning and growing. You know, one of the things that is a theme from beginning to end of God's Word is that God's people are called to be a priestly people. And so one of the things that I really felt like was important this morning was um, to maybe have a couple of us who've been preaching through this series in Acts, but also to have a couple of us who are part of the priesthood of believers, who are walking right along in this journey, and their experiences and their processing and their thoughts are equally as important in God's, uh, in God's ears and at God's throne as anyone else's. Um, and so this morning, um, I, I want to I kind of um, frame our time together in Scripture. And so in just a minute, we'll uh, introduce everybody. But um, in, in, in John chapter 14, um, Jesus says this. He says to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper one who is exactly like me, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then later in verse 25, Jesus says this. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And, and then um, later in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, this is, the, this is what we've looked at a, a number of weeks ago, but I want to just read it to kind of, again, remind us of what we are celebrating today and what we're looking back at. In Acts chapter 2, Luke writes this. He says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and so this morning... Um, as maybe you've been on this journey of, of, of experiencing um, God's movement in your life, we want to talk a little bit and share as a group. So um, we're going to, if you don't know who's up here, um, I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves. So Nicole, could you introduce yourself and just kind of... Hi, I'm Nicole Nudine. You want more than yeah, You that? know what? Um, how about this? I asked, I sent Nicole an email... Um, on a Monday and asked her if she would be willing to pray about and consider because Nicole is a, an incredible woman of prayer. Um, to be honest, there's a handful of people that I, I would say I identify as people that I would love to have pray for me. Nicole's one of them. And so um, I, I emailed her on a Monday. Well, then I saw her Tuesday morning at 6.30 at prayer time and I asked her, I said, hey, did you get my email? And she said, no. So I sent it right away. And could you just share your process of getting here this morning? Yes. So um, Matt tricked me into <laughs> asking me uh, to do this this morning. And uh, right before I had a full hour to spend in prayer. So of course, I spent that time praying. And uh, the Lord just reminded me as soon as I stopped thinking about how nervous I would be up here in front of all of you, uh, the Lord just reminded me that it's really not about me. It's about him. It's about the movement that he's doing. And I'm so excited to see him moving in our church right now. And so before I left the parking lot while I was still filled with the spirit, <laughs> I uh, sent my yes response and by the time I got home, I was a little back in the flesh regretting it. But here I am, <laughs> excited to see uh, what the Lord's going to speak through us and encourage one another this morning. Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, ben. Yeah, I'm Ben Pratt, and I've kind of grown up in this church for the past 19 years. So I know many of you guys, but if I haven't, I'd like to meet you as well. And currently, I'm at uh, studying at GCU as a student to study become a pastor. So, yeah, and Ben, your uh, after the missions trip last summer, yeah. your life uh, 
took a different direction, and you surprised your parents with news when you came home from the missions trip, right? Yeah. Could you I just share that briefly? Sure. I mean, came home from Honduras, and I believe God wanted to shift around my whole life and really going along with the concept of Jesus as king of my life, just shifting around all my plans and what I wanted to do to follow where God was leading me to. And even without my parents' um, knowledge or like, I just kind of popped it on them late at night when I came back, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it took a little bit of doing because you were supposed to go to Cal Poly and then that, you threw that away. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way, in an obedient way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you probably know us, so yes. I'm Travis. Hi. Yeah, and I'm Matt. Um, so, so this morning, what we want to do is we want to we want to talk a little bit about um, kind of what we're experiencing and what you might be experiencing, kind of do some processing of um, how we're engaging the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things, um, one of the things that that I think we tend to struggle with is um, we struggle with living day to day um, in the Spirit's presence, even though we as, as Jesus followers are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, that he indwells us, he's with us at the point of salvation. Um, we have a hard time being filled with the Holy Spirit because let's be honest, we're all full of a lot of stuff, um, but not always full of the Spirit. And, and so that's kind of one of those things. So um, I guess I want to just kind of go, go, go down the line and just kind of add, I, I would like each one of us to share um, a little bit about uh, how, maybe how um, we have seen the, um, really the, our, um, our awareness of the Spirit's presence in our lives as we've been growing in the Spirit. And, and part of that is, um, I made a comment a while ago that, in church in general, um, what we tend to do is we either we either ignore the Spirit or we try to control the Spirit. And um, I don't know which side you fall on, but um, that's one of those things that comes into our life. Nicole, um, could you share a little bit about just kind of your process as of late with the Holy Spirit? Sure. Of course, that Sunday morning, I was very convicted as soon as Matt said that. I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely fall in the trying to control the Holy Spirit camp, uh, especially for my family, my children. Um, I realized that my prayers oftentimes reflect some pretty specifics of what I would like the Lord to do, how I would like him to work. And not that it's wrong to pray specifics, but there's a heart there that I need to grow and surrender and I need to grow in seeking the Holy Spirit for what he wants me to be praying for, for them, and allowing him to move. I think it's easy to fall into the temptation as well when we pray for certain things to happen, and then they don't. We can feel like maybe God didn't answer our prayers. And if we are surrendered and praying what the Spirit's putting on our hearts, and we are holding loosely those that we're lifting up, then we can be confident and know that God is working and he's accomplishing his will in their lives, not my will in their lives. <laughs> Other thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, I relate with that completely. I, I think I 
can tend to oscillate between um, ignoring and then controlling, trying to, you know, go either way. And I, um, something that the Lord has been teaching me probably in the last, I don't know, several months has been as I spend time with him, how willing he is to speak to me if I just stop talking. Um, and like, I realize how much of my life I has spent prayer for me has been a monologue at God or to God rather than a dialogue between me and God. And I think some of that's just because I don't, maybe in my heart of hearts, I haven't believed he'll actually talk to me. I don't believe he'll actually say something. And then if I feel like he does say something, I don't trust <laughs> that I heard him right, that it would just, it's just me, it's me making up words in my brain that, that I'm now blaming on God. Um, that has been my struggle. But in these last months, um, I have just been so overwhelmed with the reality that when I speak to God and I invite his presence and give him enough time, you know, not just throwing five minutes at him, but, you know, half hour, hour, two hours to just talk, um, how willing he is to just speak to me and then confirm that, what he's saying through others. Yeah, I mean, I kind of fall into that. Like, for much of my life, I've ignored where the Holy Spirit was leading me. I was like, in a way, kind of expecting God to speak to me like a Mount Sinai experience with like loud thunder and smoke and clouds, like like with God roaring down. But I think God speaks through a variety of ways to me. Like, it's not just through those big experiences, like one-time events in history of, the, of redemption history, but it's actually like more of the daily um, filling of the Holy Spirit with God speaking directly to you through either like the word or through other people or through your experiences and even through your thoughts and ideas that he gives you like impressions or dreams. And for me, when that, recently I've been learning a lot of how God speaks to me and a couple weeks ago, I came home from work one day and I got the house to myself. There was no one there. I was like, finally. Like, my, I love my family, but so, <laughs> sometimes it's like nice just to have my house to myself and do nothing. So I just opened up my Bible, started meditating on scripture and prayed, and I let God speak to me. I let, I just was silent and said nothing. And I just felt God saying, go. So okay, God, where? And he instantly gave me this, image or impression of this guy on a black bench. I knew that black bench was on the Virginia corridor. And so I knew God was telling me, put on your running shoes and go out there and talk to him. And I was like, God, it's like 100 degrees outside in the blazing hot sun. There is no way anybody's out there. But I just felt God like pulling me out there. So I put on my running shoes and I went. I got to the end of the trail and there was like one biker. I was like, I told you, God, <laughs> there is nobody out here. Why would anyone be out here? And so I prayed. I waited for God to say something. He didn't say anything to me. So I ran back. And sure enough, on the next segment of the trail, there was a guy sitting on the black bench, the same guy that was in my mind. And my stomach just dropped like, oh. <laughs> like God actually just spoke to me. I know it's not just me trying to create something. And so I went up to him. I was like, how are you doing? I had a conversation with him. And just like boldly proclaimed who Jesus was, told him that God God loves him and he, he sees him and he wants to be um, in relationship with him and he sees him where he is right now. 
I prayed for him and I went off. I have no idea how God is gonna use that experience in his life and quite frankly, I don't need to. I know that I was faithful in that moment and I wasn't called to necessarily convert that person. I was called to maybe water or um, take up some weeds in his life and just give him some hope for that day. I have no idea how God will use that in his, in his life. You know, it's, it's funny, Ben tells that story. I have a story that's less inspiring uh, because uh, it was, I had confessed this to Travis and Kyle and Brett by epic failure. Um, I was riding my motorcycle and I was up on like bangs and you know, like uh, kind of Tully area that kind of up, up there or like Carver and, and uh, there was at the intersection, four-way stop intersection, um, you know how about this time of year you see people there with uh, a, an umbrella and some fruit. It was strawberries this particular day and I was pulling, I was coming up to the four-way stop and I just, I had this thought I should stop and go over, sit by that guy and talk to him. And as I rolled through the intersection and kept going, I thought, no, that doesn't make any sense. And I think the thing is, I, I more often think that I have ideas that I can dismiss rather than consider that the Holy Spirit is actually opening a door or asking me to go do something. Like how easy would it have been for you to be like, I should go out on the Virginia Trail when it's 100 degrees out in the middle of the day. And, and I mean, that could have been like the burrito you ate for lunch. Like not, a, I mean, that's not the Spirit speaking. But, but one of the things that Jesus says in John 14 is that he talks about obeying everything he's commanded. And he says that the Holy Spirit is the one who will help us obey. And I think that there is, I think that there's almost a, a, a default setting we have, and, and think about this for a second. Do you really believe that the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you and ask you to do something over the course of a given day? Do you really believe? Now, we say that we believe that, but do you believe that, in an, and are you in a position, in a posture of yes and obedience and going to do it? I don't know what would have happened had I stopped um, what I'd love to do is say that Ben described the guy on the bench, and that was the guy with the strawberries. So God sent someone else, but I, it's probably not true. But I would love to say, say that. But, but again, um, do we really believe that God's going to speak to us? And, 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 and you know, Travis, you've, you've talked a bit about lately, shared. Yeah, well, so I have a story that's kind of in between those two. So I'm way better than Matt, but not anywhere as close to Jesus as Ben is. Um, I, I was driving into work, and, um, and I drive from Turlock, so I got off the freeway, and I was coming through downtown, and I just got, as I was praying, I just got the sense, like, Travis, I want you to go talk to someone about Jesus today, and I was like, whoa, who? And um, man, kind of like Ben, I got this sense of like, hey, they go to the bus stop, you know, there's a bus transit, whatever that's called over there, and uh, look for someone in a wheelchair, and I'm like, this, God, you're being too charismatic right now, like impressions on my mind, like, you know, a person in a wheelchair, like, I went to seminary, I read the Bible, and I do what the Bible says, and, you know, these weird things I get in my mind, you know, nah, but I was like, okay, but I cannot resist God, if this is him, the worst case scenario is I don't find someone in a wheelchair, so I turned and went by the, um, the bus 
depot area there, and there's like almost always a person in a wheelchair there. Like really, like I, I mean, every time I go, um, there wasn't one. And I'm like, oh, I knew I didn't hear God right. I knew I was making stuff up in my mind, and I just kind of turned and went around the block, and I was looking for someone. I was like, God, I'm looking, I'm looking, and, and I was just like, why would you lead me to do this and then not, like, not have someone there that you described to me? And it, the, the impression, and as I prayed about it and reflected on it, the, the sense I got from God is I just wanted to see if you'd say yes. That's it. That's what this was about. Wanted to see if you would actually do something out of the normal because if I want to entrust you with bigger things, you got to be trustworthy with the smaller things. And we'll start you off small, Travis. We'll start you off with you saying yes to something I'm not even going to let you do. And so that for me was a major kind of milepost um, in, in my willingness, I think, to just say, okay, God, this seems different, seems a little weird, or seems like something I can't like say concretely, here's what scripture says, but I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah. You know, I, 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 would, I would affirm that that was definitely the Holy Spirit speaking because I don't know if I've ever been in downtown Modesto and not seen someone in a wheelchair, ever. Like last night when I came to pray and walk around church, there was a person in a wheelchair. Um, I, I don't know, I just, I just think that's interesting. And, and when we think about that, obedience is so significant in, a, in that posture of obedience. And I think a lot of times we just, at least for me, and I don't know about you, but for me, I often dismiss the things that come into my mind that are outside of my planned schedule or agenda as there's no way that can be part of what God's doing or what God's saying. But the interesting thing is the beginning of, of most days, I start my morning with saying, God, speak to me and lead me today. And then I go through my day maybe assuming that he's not going to. Um, Nicole, thinking a little bit about even just um, the way God speaks to you, um, how do you experience that and, and how, is, how is that kind of progressing? Well, I shared a story of couple months ago, the, uh, the Lord put something on my heart. I was going through a struggle and just seeking the Lord on how to deal with it, very overwhelmed. And he told me what to do. And I didn't really like his answer. And so I thought, well, maybe I should go seek some godly counsel. And in the back of my mind, the truth was, I thought I could find a couple godly ladies who would tell me that that was very extreme and not necessary. And maybe I could get out of doing what I knew God was asking me to do. Um, but I, as I processed that with the Lord, he reminded me that you know, even, even though I could probably find somebody to tell me I didn't need to do that, or I could maybe even find some scripture that would back up the other way, the truth was the Holy Spirit was speaking, and I had a decision to make. And though it didn't make sense, not, not in our culture, not in my heart, maybe not even to other believers around me, I knew that's what God was asking me to do, and I had to then look at the Lord and look at his faithfulness and say, you would not ask me to make this kind of sacrifice if you were not gonna be faithful and use it and do something with it. And I think sometimes we just, 
We have to trust who God is. We have to believe in his faithfulness and his goodness. His ways are not our ways, but they are always best and they are always worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting is, I don't know if you've caught this, but as I've been kind of listening, we have an example of, of something that came up in Ben's life and it was exactly as kind of the spirit had described it. Um, for me, it was a, I don't know what would have happened because I didn't obey. Uh, for Travis, it was, uh, am I really hearing your voice, God? And, and he came to the conclusion of, I think this was a test of obedience. And for Nicole, I think what's, what's really interesting is that, and I think that I'm guilty of this all the time, is that Sometimes God asks us to do something that we don't like or we don't want to do, and so we use Christian ways to dismiss it. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but, but have you ever been in a place where you know this is absolutely the right thing that God wants me to do, but I'm gonna go and talk to a Christian friend who I think will probably agree with what I want to do. And, and getting wise counsel, Christian counsel, is great, and it is encouraged biblically. But a lot of times, we can even use those Christian things to get out of what God wants us to do. Um, as, as, you know, as we kind of talk through this, um, one of the biggest questions that I think that comes up and the things that we wrestle with is, how do you know it's God's voice? Um, and so can any of you kind of help out uh, as we talk through this? Um, how, how do you know that God's speaking to you? Yeah, because we, I think we know that there's a lot of voices that want our attention, like either our own flesh or some outside persp- outside pressure in our lives or even some evil force, but we also know that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We recognize that like God is sovereign and the Holy Spirit is in us, and like it's not Christ, it's not I who live, but Christ in me. I think when we recognize the Holy Spirit does speak and we are willing, I think there's two questions I usually ask to see if it's the Holy Spirit. Does it align with scripture, not my interpretation of scripture, but the teachings of scripture? And does it glorify Christ? Because I think sometimes something could align with scripture, but it wouldn't, at the end they wouldn't glorify Christ. I think in Acts you have like a demon possessed man who tells, I think Peter, like you listen to this guy, he is a messenger of like the almighty God like that is true, but it didn't glorify Christ because it was said in like a, a mocking way and it didn't bring glory to God's kingdom. So I think when both of those are yes, I say that is the Holy Spirit. I'm just sitting here thinking I'm really glad Ben's gonna be a pastor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, everything Ben said, man, 150% um, scripture has... The Holy Spirit will never ask us to do something outside of Scripture's commands. And um, the other, it's hard. Like, knowing whether the Holy Spirit is speaking to me or not is really, really hard. And I would say it's very processed. Um, it, um, I have found for me that um, in most scenarios, the body of Christ is very helpful for discerning that. Now, what Nicole said, there have been those scenarios too where I want to use the body of Christ as an out, like find someone, hey, what do you think about this? And then totally like stack up the deck on the on one side, you know, so that it'll tell me what I want to hear. 
And that would be a misuse of the wisdom of the body of Christ. But I, I have experienced in my life that most of the times when I want to do my own thing, um, but the Holy Spirit is trying to lead me, going to other godly, wise people who I know are listening to God. That's really key. Not just anybody, but godly, wise people who are trying to become like Jesus and care more about his opinion than mine. Those kinds of people are the kind of people I want to go to and say, here's what I'm struggling through. Here are the options, and here's what I think maybe the Holy Spirit's telling me. What do you think? And then just listening and then taking that back to prayer. We live in a microwave culture. We want easy, quick, fast answers. And if that's the setting you're set on, um, I think we're going to have a lot of misunderstanding God. If we have ourselves more on a slow cooker setting, um, it's better food anyways. But uh, we're not talking about food, are we? I'm thinking about food. Uh, If we're in a more slow cooker setting, where we're saying, I'm going to give this time, and I'm going to let God speak over time and through other people, and by just sitting and listening. And for me, it comes down to searching out where the peace is, not what I want, but where is God's peace? Where do I feel his peace? Because oftentimes, what I want, I feel my desire. But what God wants, I feel his peace. And there's a very big difference there. So that's been kind of part of my process. But ask me in another 10 years, and it'll probably be a way better answer than that. It'll be more like Ben's answer. Can I just say as the non-pastor or aspiring pastor on the stage that I think we have to give ourselves some grace in this process. It is not cut and dry. It is not something that's even easy to really articulate. It's a journey. It's walking with the Lord. It's walking with other believers who are walking with the Lord. It's that gospel community. Um, I remember when my children, at when they were younger, like, mom, you're always saying God talked to you. Like, God's never talked to me. I'm like, how do I explain this? It, It's not an easy thing, um, but we keep putting one foot in front of the other and we keep working on those spiritual disciplines and eventually the more we hear him, the more we recognize his voice. I think the more we're willing to obey, even if it doesn't pan out exactly or even if we you know, drag our feet for a minute at first, the more we get in the routine of obeying and listening, we become more familiar with him. I think that's so good. Like, it reminds me of when Jesus says, like, my sheep will hear my voice. <laughs> yeah, like, our, like we are the sheep of Jesus' flock, and he's the shepherd. And the more we spend time with him, the more we obey and step into where he's calling us, the more clearly and definitely we will hear him speak to us. I don't think, I want to add, like, there's not, the Holy Spirit's not just like a taskmaster, like, telling you to go do this and go do this. He does, and absolutely. But we read in like John 14 through 16, like the Holy Spirit's job is much wider. He's like a helper, a teacher. He guides us into all truth and reminds us of things and he convicts us of sin and glorifies Christ. Like all these things, he isn't just telling us what to do. An example that pops up in my mind is for the past like five or six months, God's really been teaching me like his love, like the father heart he has for me and what that means for my life and actually getting it inside my heart. Like every time 
well, not every time, but like consistently in my quiet time, I'm just like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to? And God just like, Ben, Ben. I said, just like, here I am. God says, my son, I love you. It's just like, wow. When God says that to me, I know it's true up here, but when God says it to me in my heart, it just overwhelms me and I feel so close to Christ in that moment. And it, I think that's what, the, what Jesus meant when he says, he'll bring to remind, he'll remind us of things that he has taught. Like we know it's true that God loves us. We know it's true that he has the best plan for us. But when he says it to us personally, I think that makes all, all the difference. Yeah, and Nicole, I, the big difference between pastors and aspiring pastors and you is that they just have more knowledge of what they're disobeying than, than that, you know. So, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the foundational differences. <laughs> and sometimes uh, not always even more knowledge. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, think, I think one of the couple things that I think are really, really significant for me um, in the process of hearing the Spirit and, and recognizing what God's saying is two things. One, for me, and I don't know for, I don't know for others, but for me, um, more times than not, the Spirit, whatever, whatever the thought is that I have, it is more likely the Spirit speaking when it is what I would call my developing tendencies rather than my natural tendencies. And what I mean by that is that I think we all have natural tendencies. We all have things the way we want to do things, the way we like things, the way we get ahead, the way we think about ourselves, and those are all just natural part of us. We think we have the best ways to do things. Developing tendencies, I would say for me, are, are things that God's transforming me and causing me to think differently. And so when I have thoughts that fit my natural tendencies, it is more likely that those things are coming from me or from the world around me. But when those thoughts are developing tendencies, like um, don't yell, respond quietly, that's not a natural tendency. Um, that's a developing tendency. Um, forgive and let this go is not a natural tendency. <laughs> that is a developing tendency, and it's a slowly developing tendency. <laughs> and so I think one of the things for me is recognizing is this something that I would naturally do or is this something that God is shaping? And if it's something God's shaping, then probably it's, it's the Holy Spirit leading me. The second thing for me is if it fits, if it fits that place of it, it glorifies Jesus and it is, it, it's biblical. It's, it's not just what I think about the Bible, but it really is what, what I learned from Scripture, regardless if it's the Spirit's voice in my, in my mind, in my head, in my life, what is the cost of me actually following through? How does, how, what do I lose if I follow through and it wasn't the Spirit saying it? So, for example, me riding up to that intersection, I dismissed that as just a whim and I rode through. What would it have cost me had I stopped, sat down next to the guy selling strawberries, and asked him about his life, and the Spirit didn't tell me to do that? What did I, what did I lose through that? I actually, 
even if it wasn't the Spirit telling me to do that, I probably, I saw and I validated a guy who sits there waiting for people to buy his strawberries. Even if the Spirit didn't tell me to do that. Because isn't that what Jesus would do? He would stop in the middle of his day on his way somewhere and he would sit down and talk to the guy selling strawberries. I personally think that I disobeyed and that the Spirit was telling me to stop, but even if he wasn't and I stopped anyway, what do I lose? I might not get to where, I mean, I didn't even have that pressing of schedule that day, but I might be late for something. I might miss something else, but what did I do in the life of that guy that day? Um, I didn't do anything, but I could have. And, and I don't know that it matters. See, I think oftentimes I want, like what, I think what Ben said earlier, we kind of want these big, thunderous, mountaintop things from the Spirit. And sometimes the Spirit says, you know, I just want you to go recognize and see that person. And even if that's not the Spirit's voice in my head, maybe that's my voice in my head becoming like Jesus' voice in my head. Maybe that's helping. Um, and I think, like Nicole said, that takes time and it takes focus. I love what you said, you know, Nicole, about how it was really obvious that the voice of the Spirit was saying to do this, but you really needed to get other input. Again, um, what would it cost if I just did this and it fit with the character of Jesus? You know, I... Yeah, I, I think for me, the fear that I live with um, is that I, I, I'm very uh, queasy about people going around saying, God told me, God told me, God told me. Because you can say that to justify a lot of stuff God didn't tell you. Um, and so I think for me, there's been kind of this underlying fear that, um, man, I don't want to be one of those people that use God to justify the things I want to do. And I do think we need to be careful with that. But Jesus in John 16 said, it is better for you that I go so that I can send the counselor, the Holy Spirit, to be with you and guide you and lead you into all truth. If Jesus said that it's better for him to be bodily not present with us so that the Holy Spirit could be with us, I feel like my experience of the Holy Spirit ought to be way richer than it has been for it to be better than Jesus being here in the flesh with us. So what I'm not saying is I get to go around saying the Holy Spirit told me about every single thing I hear. Maybe I just didn't say much about it at all. Maybe I should just obey what I feel that he's telling me to and see what he does and see what happens. But I want to experience what Jesus was talking about when he said, it's better for me to go if the Holy Spirit is leading you. I want to experience that. Um, as we kind of wrap up this morning, um, hopefully this has been helpful. Um, one, of the, one of the words in Scripture that keeps coming to mind um, for me, and I've been keep hitting as, I, as I've been, been reading, is, is um, sober-minded. Um, I think sober-minded um, isn't just simply logical, but it's the idea that we look at, at what we're doing and what God's calling us to do with sober judgment, with a sober mind. We say, you know what, this may cost me, 
but it's the right thing to do. This may look weird to people, but it's the right thing to do. It's, it's recognizing what the ask is and understanding the consequences of that, but being willing to obey regardless. Um, and that's one of the things that I think that, that, that we have to recognize is that um, God regularly speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is, I, the Holy Spirit is indwelling all of us, those of us who've come to Christ in faith. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is all day long influencing and speaking to us. We've got to, we've got to be willing to recognize that and take that seriously. Um, as we continue to move forward, my prayer, my hope is that we as a people are able to have, and Travis, got this from Travis because he, he said this, that our default is yes before he asks. That we are yes people to the Holy Spirit. No matter what he asks, that we're already at a place and a posture of yes to obey whatever that is. Um, kind of writing a blank check to, the, to, to God, to the Holy Spirit, to say, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And yes, do we need to have discernment and wisdom as we go through that? Absolutely. But, but I think what Travis said is really good, that I think we might live too much of our lives in fear of messing up than fear of disobeying. God forgives so if I mess up, he can forgive that. But don't take the opportunity for God to forgive you away from him by disobedience. <laughs> don't short circuit the process. Don't miss that. We are different, as, as Jesus said in John 14, he said, you know the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't know him but you do. And so we live and act and make decisions differently than the world around us. So I think one of the things for us is be bold in obeying and listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, hope you've been encouraged this morning. Um, I wanna read uh, just kind of a bookend scripture as we close. And Nicole, I wanna ask you if you can pray for us as we close this morning. Sure. Okay, let me... Let me um, I want to read as we close um, a reminder of what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and about who we are and about what, what he wants from us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's why we listen to the Holy Spirit. That's why we go through the hard process of hearing his voice. Nicole, could you pray for us? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you are so gracious and understanding and merciful and patient with your children as we navigate what it looks like to obey 
and to not obey and to repent and that cycle in our lives. God, I thank you that you have made a way for us through Jesus. I pray this morning over just the congregation and all that are listening here that you would speak to them, that you would encourage them, that you would remind them to take another step this week in sitting with you, in listening to you, in obeying you, following your Holy Spirit and being a part of the work that you're doing here to further your kingdom is the greatest privilege and the greatest thing that we can surrender our lives to. And though we won't always do it perfectly and we won't always do it, when we do, God, you fill us with so much joy and so much peace. There's so much fruit from walking with you, being near you, having your presence be a part of us. So God, I pray that you would just bless and encourage each person who is here this morning. And as they walk with you more this week, God, that their hearts would be lightened and lifted and that you would be glorified. We pray that you would continue your work in your church and through your church in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, as Travis mentioned, is Pentecost Sunday. And um, I don't know about you, but in the past, I have not really been super excited about Pentecost Sunday. But this year, because of what God's been doing in my life and, 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 and really in us, I think, as a church, I've been so excited about Pentecost Sunday. Because today, we join God's global family in remembering and celebrating the pouring out of His Spirit on His people. Um, not only in that moment in Jerusalem, in the book of Acts, but that we, if we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, that we have that same spirit been poured out in dwelling inside of us. Um, the question of being filled with the spirit is probably another issue because um, we as believers at salvation are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but daily we have to choose to be filled with the spirit because to be honest, y'all are filled with a lot of stuff. Um, full of stuff, and I am too. And uh, so we, we have to recognize that. And um, part of that process is really, as we've been going through the book of Acts, and as we've been thinking, um, we thought today would be a great opportunity to kind of take a pause and um, kind of have a conversation. You know, in the history of God's people, there were regular times that, uh, that God's word was unpacked, not just through the preaching of it, but also through the conversation, um, uh, public conversations with people about God's word and what God wanted with our lives. So this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna hopefully have a helpful conversation about um, what it means, what it kind of looks like practically in our lives to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to obey the Spirit. And, and to kind of give a, a little bit of a framework, I want to just quickly read what Jesus says in John 14, and then I want to read um, just the account of Pentecost. In John 14, Jesus says this to his, his, his disciples. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then later, later on in John 14, Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. 
and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And, and so Jesus makes that promise to the disciples. And so then later at Pentecost, the day that we celebrate today, here's what happens. And we know this because we've walked through this, but I want to read it again. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this morning, um, we want to just kind of talk a little bit and, and kind of have some conversation about what it, what it looks like, at least in our lives, and what it kind of looks like in your lives. Hopefully, this will be helpful as you pursue uh, transformation in Jesus and greater surrender and obedience to the Holy Spirit in your life. So um, we're going to introduce ourselves. Um, let's start with Nicole. Nicole, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Nicole Nuding. Yes, and Nicole, I I, tech, I had emailed Nicole about asking her to consider sharing this morning and on a Monday, and my email did not go through. I don't know if it went to junk or what or, or what happened. And so then Tuesday morning, I saw Nicole at 6.30 at our prayer time, and I asked her, did you get the email? And she said no. So I gave it, I sent it to her then again at 6.30 on Tuesday um, at the beginning of prayer time. And can you kind of share like how the Holy Spirit obviously blocked my email on Monday so you could get it Tuesday so you could take this seriously? Yes, so I could walk right into an hour of praying about whether or not to say yes. And uh, I definitely made sure that I went out to the parking lot and sent my response in before I got home so I was still filled with the Spirit because by the time I walked in the door, right, Jake, I was back uh, with one foot in the flesh going, what did I just agree to? But here I am. Awesome. I'm super glad you said yes. And uh, so, Ben. Yeah, my name is Ben Pratt. And um, yeah, so um, you're here. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've grown up in this church for a long time, about 19 years now. So know quite a few of you, few of you guys. And currently, I go to school at GCU, and I'm studying to become a pastor. Yes, and that changed quite dramatically like last summer after the Honduras missions trip. Um, uh, yeah, so just briefly tell us a little bit about um, how you surprised your family when you came home from the missions trip last year. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a big shift in my life of God consistently softening my heart and that mission trip was like the breaking point of God firmly saying, this is what you should do. And I, before that, I didn't tell anybody. But I came home and I was like, I told my parents, this is what I'm going to do. This is what God's leading me to do. And they were totally on board with it. I don't know. They, <laughs> they, maybe I'm wrong, but they're super supportive through it all. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, you were supposed to go to Cal Poly, and then you changed plans, and you threw all that away. Threw it all away. Yep, threw it away. Good. Awesome. Um, not that, you know, I mean, you can still go to Cal Poly, but, I mean, Sometimes God asks you to change direction. So awesome. Glad you're here, Ben. And then I'm, I'm Matt. And I'm Travis. All right. Awesome. Um, so so what, what, what we want to kind of start with um, is, uh, you know, uh, 
a number of weeks ago, kind of what hit me and and as 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 we're talking even even um, on a Sunday morning, um, was so often in our lives as Christians, we we tend to do one of two things, and maybe we kind of volley between these two things, but but we do these things with the Spirit. Um, we either try to control the Spirit or we try to ignore the Spirit. Um, Jesus says himself that the Spirit is our lifeline. The Spirit is our guide. The Spirit is the one who teaches us, who guides us, who basically gives us the, the ability to remember and obey what God has, what Jesus has taught us. And so we tend to fall into these places of either trying to control the Spirit or ignore the Spirit. And um, I want to start off with Nicole and um, kind of give, give a little bit of what God's been teaching you and what you've been seeing in your own life in reference to the Holy Spirit. Okay, definitely that morning uh, when Matt said that, it just convicted me immediately that I fall in the controlling the Holy Spirit camp. I think he even made reference to um, we're not the Holy Spirit's administrative assistant and ouch, because I would like to be, and always the mouthpiece, especially in, sorry, children, my children's lives. Um, But the Lord has really been working on that in me and reminding me, um, even in my prayers, that I need to go to the Lord uh, submissive, seeking his will, seeking his direction, and not thinking that I have the answer and I know exactly how he needs to um, react or respond in any situation or in anybody else's life. And part of that is... um, you know, when, when I'm telling the Holy Spirit what I think he should do and then he doesn't respond in that way, there's this temptation to think that God hasn't answered my prayer or to be disappointed in what he's doing. But when my heart is right and I go to him in humility and I'm looking for his direction and I'm surrendered, then however he decides to work and if he uses me or if he doesn't, uh, that's okay. Glory to God. It's not about me and my plan, but... I, th- I think it's a lesson I'll keep relearning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Ben. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of the flip side of her. Like, for much of my life, I've ignored where the Holy Spirit has been leading me. I know that he was leading me somewhere, but I was constantly, like, trying to ignore it and just tune it out almost. And I feel like what he's been teaching me a lot lately is, like, the the means in which he speaks. Like, it's not just, like, a Mount Sinai experience with like loud thunder and clouds and smoke and fire, like that does happen, but that's not the normative way God speaks to us today. He speaks like through the word and through other people and through our experiences and also directly through our thoughts and our ideas and maybe some impressions or dreams of what he wants us to do. And an example of this that pops up into my mind is a couple of weeks ago when I got home from work and there was nobody in my house. I was like, yes, finally. There's no, nobody here. <laughs> nobody here. The only thing that would make it better is my mom, if she was there. <laughs> she told me to say that before. <laughs> yes. But it was like, finally, I get some quiet time in my house. I have no siblings running around asking me to do stuff. So I just opened up my Bible, meditated on a passage, and started praying. Then after I just was sitting in the presence of God, just silent, asking God to speak to me. And I just felt like he was saying, go. And I said, okay, God, where? 
and instantly he gave me this impression or image in my mind of this guy on a black bench. I knew that black bench was on the Virginia Quarter, like right over there, and it was like the same design and shape and everything. And I was like, God, there's no way someone's out there. It's like 100 degrees outside in the blazing hot sun. There's nobody out there, nor do I want to be out there either. But I just felt God keep, keep pulling me almost. So I put on my running shoes. I went outside and I started running, got to the end of the trail, and I saw one biker. It's like, God, I told you, there's no one going to be on the trail right now. It is so hot. So I got to the end and I just prayed, God, reveal to me where you want to go. He didn't say anything. Like, come on, God, I followed you. Tell him where to go. But he didn't say anything. So I just went, ran back. And sure enough, the, the next segment of the trail, I don't even know how this person got there, but they like magically appeared. <laughs> like they were just the same guy from, from, in, from my mind and my thoughts. And when I saw this guy from like 100 yards out, it's like my stomach dropped. It was like, oh, <laughs> God actually spoke to me and he wants me to talk to them. So I just went up to him and had a conversation, how's it going, and talked to him a little bit, told him that God loves him and uh, wants a relationship with him and boldly proclaimed who Jesus was to him. Prayed for him and I ran off. I have no idea how God's gonna use that situation, nor do I need to know. I just have to be faithful in the, where he calls me each day. Yeah. That's, re that's really awesome. So I, I have um, the other side of, of a story like that. Um, you know, as, as I because you know I'm so spiritual and I've been able to listen to the spirit for much longer than Ben has, um, I'm much better at ignoring what the spirit says. So, um, so it was a couple weeks ago and I was, um, I was riding my motorcycle and I was up like on bangs and I was coming to a four-way stop and uh, that day on the, in, on the side of the road at the intersection was a guy, he had an umbrella and he was selling strawberries. And as I was riding up, in, in my head it was... I just had this feeling, this impression, this, you should stop, sit down next to the guy and talk with him. And as I rolled through the intersection and kept going, I was like, no. And so I just kept going. And, and, and afterwards, it hit me later that, that I kind of just dismissed that and ignored that. And I was talking to like Travis and Brett and Kyle, and I said, man, I think I totally disobeyed what God wanted me to do. Because I didn't really, I, I like ask God in the morning and I pray and I, and most days I say, God, uh, you know, spirit, speak to me and tell me what to do. But I don't know that I really believe he's going to show up and tell me something. And, and, and so I'd love to tell you that like um, when Ben described the guy on the bench, that was the same guy. So God came in and took care of my disobedience, which probably wasn't the case. But um, just again, it's kind of like being able to listen to the Holy Spirit and recognize that, that God very, very willingly will interrupt our path throughout the day. And I need to be more aware of the fact that, that, that it is not my schedule, my agenda for the day, but God, if I ask God to speak, if I ask the Holy Spirit to speak, He's going to speak, and he's going to interrupt my day. Yeah, I, so I had a, a few months back an experience where I was just on my way to work and praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to do? And, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. What's my part of that today? And um, I, was drive, I drive from Turlock, and so I got off the freeway and I was driving through downtown, and I just 
had this sense like, hey, you know what? You need to turn right instead of going straight towards the office here. You need to turn right and go um, by the bus depot down there. And I'm like, no, okay, this God, like, is there a verse in scripture where you're saying this? Because, like, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I got an impression. And I, you know, I, I, I tend to be a little queasy about this stuff, that type of stuff. And um, grew up Baptist. So, <clears throat> um, but he, he just said, go. And I was like, okay, what, what am I looking for? And he said, look for someone in a wheelchair, dude in a wheelchair. And I'm like, oh, okay, this feels weird. So I turned and I like went by the bus depot, which I don't know if I've ever been by the bus depot without there being like one or two people in a wheelchair there. There was no one in a wheelchair there, like no one. I was like, God, see, this is just me. This is just me making stuff up in my mind. And I just feel like, man, God, what are you doing here? And then I just kind of turned and I thought, well, I'll drive through the neighborhood that's kind of behind it. And I I did, there was no one there of that description. And and as I just kind of processed with the Lord, I was like, God, why would you, was that just me or was that you? What was happening? And as I processed that with the Lord, I felt like God confirmed in my heart that was him just being like, Travis, I just wanted to see if you'd say yes. I just wanted to see if you'd be willing to do something that really isn't even that hard because you've been so used to saying maybe or no to me. I just wanted to see if you'd say yes. I'm not going to entrust you with actually doing something yet. I just want you to say yes to me before you even know what I'm asking you to do. And so that was a major like uh, milestone changing point in my heart that God really... um, impressed upon me how important saying yes to him yeah. all the time is. And I'm convinced that was definitely the Holy Spirit because I don't know if I've ever come downtown Modesto and not seen somebody in a wheelchair, like never. Last night I was walking around the church praying and there was a lady in a wheelchair. Um, probably, did God tell you last night to come down to the church? I wasn't listening last night. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that's Travis's job. <laughs> um, yeah, so like just kind of hearing, I think it's so interesting. Nicole, um, you kind of shared last, last service about um, kind of this idea of listening to God and even a situation kind of hearing God speak and your process. Sure. A, a couple months ago, I was going through a really hard season. And when I asked the Lord how to handle it, what he wanted me to do, he gave me a direction and he made it very clear and I didn't like what he had to say. So I thought, um, well, I could definitely seek some godly counsel on this, knowing in the back of my mind that I could approach somebody who would kind of let me off the hook and tell me that's a little extreme, you probably don't need to go that far. Um, I knew that that would be disobedience though. I, I knew what the Lord was telling me. And so I kept it quiet for a little bit. I didn't even want to share because I, I didn't want someone to talk me out of it. Um, when the Lord tells us to do something, even when it's counter culture or counter church culture, obedience is always the best option. And even though frequently it feels like dying to ourselves, the Lord reminds us, even your children remind you. My daughter told me this week, Mom, you always tell us, die to yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus. And that's, that's sometimes what he asks us to do. But it's 
always worth it. There's a cost involved, but having walked with the Lord for a number of years now, I see his faithfulness and I see his goodness and I know that I know that I know that he's a much better author of my story than I am. So that initial hurdle to get over, um, it, it always pays off because God is faithful and he's good and he's near to his children. I think that was super key. Like your faithfulness throughout the years, like the closer you grow to Clark, closer you grow to Clark Christ, the closer and more intimate your relationship is, and the more you actually recognize His voice. It reminds me of when Jesus says, "My sheep will hear My voice." Mm-hmm. We are God's sheep, and we are called to hear His voice and actually obey. But I don't. Also, looking at John fourteen through sixteen, I don't think the Holy Spirit's job is only go do this, go do this, like a taskmaster. Like, and John, Jesus lays out what the Holy Spirit's job is. Like, as you read, like a helper, a teacher, brings to remembrance things. He convicts us of our sins. He leads us into the path of righteousness. He helps us bear witness about Christ, and he glorifies Christ as well. Like, when we have the Holy Spirit, job is much bigger than just telling us what to do. He actually also equips us, sanctifies us, and leads us to partner with King Jesus in that way. For the past like five or six months, God has really been teaching me about just like his love for me as his father, as, as a father, like I am his son. And oftentimes when I'm just praying and filled with the spirit, I just ask God like, okay God, what do you wanna to speak to me? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? How can your kingdom come? And oftentimes he just says, Ben, Ben. I just say, here I am. He says, my son, I love you. It's like, cuts me to the heart. When God says it over me, I know it up here. I know it's true. There's so much biblical um, evidence to support that. But when God personally says it on an intimate level, it just changes everything for me. Yeah, Yeah, I've been blown away just on what Ben said. I've been blown away lately just how um, much comfort I receive from God through the Holy Spirit's work in my life. Every morning I get up and I um, pray. I take a walk out to this park and watch the sunrise, things like that. And it's been this last week I've had like woken up with this just impending sense of doom over me and like no reason I like search my mind trying to find something to say like that's why that's the thing I need to fix and there's like nothing there but just this anxiety and this kind of depression in the mornings and I don't know if it's been spiritual warfare or what but um, I've just gone out there and as I've sat and I just prayed and I've just said Holy Spirit God would you just open heaven and pour out your Holy Spirit into me fill me so that I can be hearing your voice and thinking your thoughts, not this. And I have been so amazed and blown away at the taking away of the anxiety, taking away of the depression, taking away of the impending sense of doom, and just this like infusion of joy and peace into my soul that like I started the day like, man, negative 50, and I'm just, you know, after that time with the Lord, so like plus 150 like just so filled with his joy and his strength so yeah i just want to like what ben said about it's not just go do this go do that he is our comforter the bible calls him our counselor and our comforter Uh, i've been experiencing that lately and um 
it's it has been uh, so amazing. And just another thing has drawn me closer and closer to Jesus. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's even as we've shared this morning, there's different postures and responses we have to the Holy Spirit. Like Ben's story, talking about how Ben just went, he just obeyed. Um, I ignored. Um, you know, Travis, it was less about accomplishing something, more about seeing where, where the position of, of Travis's heart was toward the Holy Spirit. And for Nicole, it was, it was even, it, there was obedience, but prior to that obedience, there was even almost the attempt to use Christian things to excuse her from obeying the Spirit. And, you know, because godly counsel is something we're encouraged to get in Scripture. However, sometimes God is very clear, and there's not the going out and getting counsel. There's the go, just do what God said. And so we have all of these different responses. But one of the big things that we struggle with, I think, is, well, how do I know that it's the Spirit? How do I, how do I get familiar with? How do I really know it's the Spirit talking to me? How do I know it's really God talking to me? And so that's something that I think we all struggle with. And so, you know, how, how do you guys go about um, even just thinking through that idea of, of is this the Spirit speaking and, and, and responding to that? Right. Like, we recognize that there's a lot of voices that try to fill us up and tempt us to do different things, whether it's our flesh or outside forces of family or friends or even evil forces. But we also recognize that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through a variety of means. I think there's two questions I ask to see if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. The questions I ask is, does it align with the teachings of Scripture? Not my interpretation of Scripture, but the teachings of Scripture. And the second question is, does it glorify Christ? We have both these things, I think it's from the Holy Spirit. Because I know for me, my flesh, Romans 8 says that, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Indeed, they cannot. Like, my flesh cannot please God. There's nothing in me that wants to glorify God's kingdom. My flesh wants to glorify and build up my own kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so when we recognize that the, this outside voice in my head that didn't originate from my own flesh is actually telling me to build up God's kingdom and glorify him, I think that's when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Yeah, that's really good. Nicole? I think it's a discipline, and I think it's something that we um, discover the more we do it, the more we recognize God's voice, the more that we obey. Um, We can hear from God through his word and through, you know, gospel community is so important to be speaking truth into one another's lives, to be checking that with what the scriptures say, to be confirming that in our own time with the Lord. Uh, But it's not something that just happens automatically or overnight. We, We have to continue to walk in obedience with the Lord. And, and when we fail, pick up, and go back and repent and repeat the cycle because that's, it's an ongoing thing. It's a journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah what both Ben and Nicole said, man, um, scripture, God will never, the Holy Spirit will never lead us to do something that, that argues or, you know, goes against what scripture has said. And then this just the process and the mercifulness of God to over time let us get to know his voice. And I, I think what I'd maybe add to that is, um, I've been my whole life uh, very afraid to become one of those people that just says, God told me, God told me, God told me, just to 
you know, justify a bunch of stuff I want to do. Um, and I've known those type of people and been around those type of people. Uh, maybe I've been that person before just trying to justify things by using, you know, God told me. And you can't argue with that because, well, he told me in my spirit. And I've wanted to not be that person. I've wanted to not, you know, take God's name in vain in that way. Um, and at the, at the same time, God has been teaching me lately that, but yes, Travis, but I am going to speak to you. Jesus said in John 16, John 16, Jesus said, um, it is better that I go away. It is better that I leave you so that I can send the Holy Spirit to be with you and, and live in you. Um, that is hard to understand. Like, it's better for the Holy Spirit to be in me than just to have Jesus right here with me, whispering, like, visibly telling me <laughs> what to do and what to say. But Jesus said it's better the way we have it. If that is true, then my experience of the Holy Spirit needs to be way richer than it has been my entire life because I haven't experienced a whole lot of the better, but he wants me to. And, and if I take Jesus at his word, if I take scripture at its word, then the Holy Spirit will be speaking to me daily, will be guiding me, will be leading me. And so do I want to be that person that says, God told me, God told me, God told me? No, maybe I just don't say that at all. Maybe I just obey. Maybe I just do what he says and see how it works out and then learn by process of trial and, you know, you know getting up and getting, you know, falling down, getting back up again learning what his voice sounds like by just obeying what I feel that he's saying to me now. Um. Uh, you, you've shared, you shared with me and a few people about like the idea of, of writing the spirit a blank check. Uh, can you share just a little bit about, I think that's super yeah, helpful. I think um, just, man, I don't, I kind of don't want to talk about it because then I'm going to get prideful and not do it. But um, I'm serious, you guys, like I'm serious. But um, God's been impressing on my heart how important it is for me to have the posture of yes to him before he even asks me what he wants me to do. Um, why would he entrust me to do great things or to do the things, the mission that he has and the people that need to be cared for or loved or reached out to today, why would he entrust that to me if I, I might give him a no or a maybe? he just trust someone else with it. So if I want God to do things in my life, I want to hear from him and I want to do great things for him in this life, then I have to have the humility to write him a blank check every day and say, whatever you're going to do, do it through me and I will say yes without even knowing what he's about to ask me to do. That I mean, I'm saying that and then tomorrow, watch, I'm going to get tested on this big time. I'm going to fail, and, but I, pray for me. I don't want that. But um, the posture of yes with God is so important. Yeah. Um, I think well, a couple things. Can oh, I say one yeah. thing? No, go ahead. Are you going to finish? Or, okay. Well, it reminds me, I, I didn't say this last service, but I think it's key when Jesus, I think sometimes we ask like high schoolers, like, what do you want to do in your future? Where do you think God's leading you in 10 years? Where's your career? And God doesn't promise to reveal what he wants for us to do in 10 years. I think oftentimes he calls us and leads us to do the next thing, the next yes. Like, Jesus doesn't say, God, give me the bread for the next 10 years or give me the for the next year or month or week. He asks for his daily bread. Like, God, 
provide for me right here, lead me to the things you want me to right here and now, and I'm gonna be faithful. And looking back, you can see, wow, God did lead me throughout my life to where I am today. It's not, God, I know this is where you want me to be in 10 years. It's actually, God, I know where you want me to be today, and I'm gonna be faithful to where you have called me right here and right now. Yeah, no, I think that's really true. I, I think, I think as, I, as I go through this process of um, really identifying the Spirit's voice, um, I think two things. Uh, one, I, I'm starting to think that uh, I can identify that it's the Spirit asking me to do something when I would call it, it is a developing tendency versus a natural tendency. And I guess what I mean by that is, we all have natural tendencies, the things that are natural to us, the things that we wanna do, the things we're, we basically are born good at doing. Um, I'm, good, I'm good at watching out for myself. I'm good at making sure that I'm comfortable. I'm good, those are my natural tendencies. When I'm making decisions based on my natural tendencies or engaging people based on those, um, th those are things that are going to really put me at the center. Um, developing tendencies are those things that start start to happen in our lives as we are transformed to become more like Jesus. And, and so like those are things that God is developing in us. So for me, one of, the, one of the ways that I'm starting to identify the Spirit's voice in my life and make that distinctive from like my voice or the voice of others or the voice of circumstances or whatever is that if, if I'm being asked or moved to do something that is more in line with my developing tendencies, then I think it's probably the Spirit. Because frankly, um, to, to actually put someone ahead of myself and think of their needs first is not my natural tendency. <laughs> That's a developing tendency. Um, to forgive someone and let something go that is important to me is, is not my natural tendency. That is, for me, it's a very slowly developing tendency. <laughs> um, it is not a quick work, it is a slow work, but that's a developing thing. So if it's, if it's somewhere in that area, like when I think about even just the example I had earlier, like of, of being on that ride and, and stopping at that stop sign and seeing a guy, my natural tendency is not to stop, pull over and go and talk to a guy who's selling strawberries on the side of the road. Um, Unfortunately, it's not even a developing tendency. It's something that has yet to be developed, but realizing that I don't wanna miss that opportunity yesterday, because I really do, again, uh, I, what I'm realizing is that, that I need to be more quickly, that, that yes that Travis said, more quickly obedient to those developing tendencies that push against my natural tendencies. Um, I think the other thing that has hit me is I have placed a supreme importance on identifying first that it's the, vo the, spirit, the Spirit's voice. Um, and I don't know if you do this, or you guys do this, or any of you out there do this, but um, I wanna make sure that it's the Spirit before I do anything. Here's my question, though, and here's my pushback in the pushback that's been on me as of late. Why does that matter so much? Why does it matter to me so much that the Spirit said it? Here's, here's, the, here's the, the question that, I, that I'm forcing myself to wrestle with. What, is, what does it cost me if I do something that, that is in the character of Jesus in a moment in time where I'm at 
that maybe the Spirit's voice didn't ask me to do, but I did that anyway, mistakenly thinking the Spirit asked me to do that. What if, what if I stopped for a second and I go and talk to, and what if I did, what if the Spirit had nothing to do with my impression of stopping and talking to the strawberry guy? What if he had nothing to do with it? But what if I stopped? What if I stopped? I, I, I got off my bike, I sat down next to him and said, how are you doing? And I asked him and I wanted to listen to his story. Me seeing him and validating him and listening to him and giving him an opportunity what what is what is what is the harm and the 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 risk and the cost in me doing that even if it wasn't the spirit specifically saying i want you to talk to this guy at this corner um i i think sometimes what what i struggle with is that i want to make sure it's the spirit saying it but maybe it's just me becoming more shaped in the character of Jesus and that my thoughts are more in tune with what the Spirit would give me anyway. I think maybe, and I don't know, I, I don't know if I agree with this, and you guys can push back on this if, if, you, if I'm going off reservation right now, but I'm wondering if the Spirit has to speak to us because we're not mature enough or Christ-like enough to do what Jesus would do and when we grow and mature, the Spirit doesn't have to tell us to do things very often because we will start to do what Jesus would do anyway. All right. I, I, I got I to gotta guess. I think the Spirit maybe told you to say that. So good job. Great job. Oh, can I just, I'm going to just throw out a, a little pet peeve of mine. I don't know if this will go anywhere or not. But there's a number of times that People have talked to me uh, maybe after services and said, man, when, when this happened in the service or this was said, I just wanted to jump up and say, yes. Um, they said, but I didn't because, you know, I didn't want. If, just do that then. I mean, if that's okay. <laughs> if that's where God's leading you and you want to agree, go ahead and agree. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I don't know why. I, just... I agree. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> um, anybody have any, any final thoughts on, I mean, obviously this is, hopefully today is, is helpful for you and us as we process becoming more Christ-like and hearing the Spirit's voice. There's just one thing that's kind of just burning on my mind right now is, do you believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you? Do you believe that Jesus wants to communicate to you? that God in heaven actually wants to speak to your heart. If he wants to, he will, and he is. We have to give him time and space to do it, though. Most of my life has been a monologue towards God. Prayer has been talking at God and then just going on. Like, I left it in your court, and he's like, I had some stuff to say, but you got up and left. Um. We have to give him time. And it's relationship building and hearing from someone is slow. It's not efficient. And if we want to, the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, we have to give up efficiency. And we have to give him time. Like not just throw five minutes at him in the morning or 15. You know, give him a half hour, hour, two hours, whatever you need. If you got to get up early, get up early. If you got to stay up late, stay up late. You need that way more than you need sleep. Get good sleep too. You know, the doctors are like, hey, get good sleep. But you need to hear the voice of, of God. Jesus, God in the flesh, 
got up early and spent time, stayed up late because he wanted to hear from God. If he needed to, I certainly need to. Give him time. He's gracious. He will speak to you. If you stop and you pray and then you just listen, little by little, um, you will begin to learn to hear the voice of God and you will be amazed at how often he's speaking to you and you've just let the, the noise around you drown him out. He wants to speak to you. Believe him and let him give him space too. Yeah, just add on to that, like, this Jesus, like, he stayed up all night praying to make decisions. Like, he had the closest relationship to God. He had the fullness of the Spirit. And we want to give him 10 minutes of our time each day? Like, if Jesus had to spend all night in prayer to make some important decisions in his life, how much more time do we need to spend with God to make important decisions in our life? And just the day by day being with God, I think is so important. And it goes back to the idea when Paul says to the church in Galatia, like, it is not I who am living anymore, it is Christ who lives in me. Like, as we become closer with Christ, as we practice our spiritual disciplines, as we pray and meditate on scripture, I think that is when God will most clearly speak to us. Maybe not most, not, maybe not when he will speak to us, but maybe when we will have the ears to hear him speak. Because I think he's trying to speak to us all the time and direct our lives, but oftentimes we have have so many distractions in life where we have just tuned them out and gone our own way, ignoring where he is leading us. So I think when we take our time and just be silent in, in the midst of God, recognize the presence of God within us, and just spend time for the Holy Spirit to really speak to us and to really um, speak life into us and uh, teach us how to obey all things. Yeah. I think the posture of surrender in all of that is so key. You know, I mean, selfishly, I don't wanna miss what God has for me. His ways are so much better than mine. His story and plan for my life is so much greater. I don't wanna miss out on that, but I have to start each day with those open hands saying, okay, Lord, what do you have? Make me aware, make me obedient. Let me not try to find the back door out once I say, I'll follow you, well, I don't really like that. Uh, no, all in and a continued obedience. And, the, and then that cycle of repentance as well, recognizing we're gonna fall short, um, we're gonna make mistakes, but we repent and we go back because where else would I go? He's everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanna read as we kind of uh, close this morning out, um, Read what Jesus says to the disciples uh, as, as he gives them some final instruction in, in Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 8. Um, and this, this is just a kind of bookend. Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, that, that's what Jesus is doing. That's why the Spirit speaks to us. The Spirit speaks to us so that we can be witnesses um, of Jesus as Savior and Jesus as King. Um, God's plan is us. God's plan is us to proclaim Jesus, who he is, 
and what he's done and what he's coming back to do. And so that's what we're called to do. Um, hopefully this morning has been helpful. Um, and I would encourage you to, to continue this conversation um, at home with friends in, in, your, in your groups. Um, talk about hearing the Spirit and, and share stories of both how you've heard his voice and, and obeyed and how you've heard his voice and maybe disobeyed. Share those stories with one another. Um, I want to ask Nicole to, to close us in prayer. Um, I said this first hour at the beginning, but um, I have a handful of people who I, I really believe that God has um, made into pretty incredible prayer warriors and people who I'd love to have pray for me. And Nicole's one of those people. And so, um, Nicole, if you want to pray for us this morning as we, as we close out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children, being a part of the work that you're doing, knowing you don't need us, but you are a loving Heavenly Father who wants to include us. So Father, I pray this week that we would all grow more in surrender, that we would open our ears to listen to the leading of your Spirit, and that we would say yes and follow and obey and be a part of what you're doing here. Lord, we love you. We offer our lives to you. We want to follow you and serve you well. We want you to be glorified. God, I pray that you would continue to move in this church, that your spirit would move, that we would live in gospel community together in a way that pleases you and in a way that shines a light to this world around us who is lost and dying and needs hope. You are the light of the world. You are the hope. And I pray that we as your children would learn to represent you well. So be with us. Thank you for this church and these pastors. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint.